Oh no, they call me the doctor. This is Zoe, Jamie, and I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. I'm the doctor. I'm known as the doctor. I'm not the professor. I'm the doctor. I am the doctor. I'm the doctor, and if there's one thing I can do, it's talk. I'm the doctor, by the way. If anyone's interested. Oh, well, I'm the doctor. I work in a shop now, here to help. I'm the doctor, and I will be your victim this evening. Are you my mummy? I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. And I'm the doctor. And according to the rules, you can't say no. another episode of Adventures in Time and Space, a Doctor Who podcast. It's been a while, but we're back. How are you, Mike? Yay! Oh, <laughs> man. It's, it's, been, it's been nice, a little break. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's been a well-deserved break. Um, did you, how was New Year? Do you enjoy New Year? Yeah, I, I was working, so... It wasn't too bad, though. It was quite a, quite a good... But good in that, so um, spent spent some time uh, just at work. Uh, had a good laugh, played some games, and you know, um, just for anybody listening out there, I, I, I work with like kids in foster care, so you know, I spent New Year with him, um, and I spent obviously Christmas with my, my with my family, my wee boy. So yeah, it was pretty good. How was your New Year? Um. It was all right. I didn't get absolutely massively drunk, and you can't really with two young kids. So yeah. I had a couple, um, but I didn't get absolutely wasted. It was nice. Um, the weather was not too bad. The weather got kind of worse after New Year, mm. um, like the snow, and uh, and obviously this big massive storm that we're having. So <laughs> yeah, but the the, the snow is like your uh, your adversary, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, I had to do all the bloody driving, though, because Mel wouldn't bloody drive the car because she was feeling the ice and all that crap. So I still had to drive anyway. Dude, that's what that's what sledges are for. Come on. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, what's got, when we had all that snow down here, um, I think it was in November, because there was that much snow in that, we wanted to go sledging that, so I stuck the, the wee man in the sledge and just pulled that along with, uh, with me and me, my wife, the dog, just... You know, just like literally, it was it was great because there was that much snow. We could just pull him along, and that he was having a great old time of it. You know, to be so, fair, Mike, I don't, I don't think it's fair that you call your wife the dog, right? <laughs> That's not very nice. Oh, mate. If she hears you right now, she'll be slapping you about, mate. I'm going to grab you right in. <laughs> oh, <it's> fine. <laughs> <I'll take> That's <laughs> fine. Ah, uh, uh, but I, how have you been dealing with the? The massive storm and the massive winds and rain and well, I had a bit of a I had a bit of a panic because um, I didn't think I was going to get home last night because I was at work and like even though all the like work like maybe five ten minutes away, 
because uh, of the winds, the rain, everything else, like a lot of the roads around about like where I live and where I work can get flooded really quickly and like really badly as well. Um, and there's been quite a lot of trees around the area as well as falling down and everything else. Uh, there was a tree at my work as well, like a big massive tree, looked sturdy as anything, but the last uh, storm that we had toppled right over, you know, and the bits are still there. They've been all cut up, but we're waiting for like people to come and take it away, essentially. So, um, so like literally, I was coming along the road and that, looking around, going up tree burn up, freaking fall on me, trying to branch out at me or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I kept thinking to myself, "Leave me alone," you know. Um, also, <laughs> uh, come on, that was a good. That was a good one. Come on, you have to give me that. Leave you alone. Leave you alone, huh? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, uh, it hailed before, by the way. Like, like I, I don't mean, like, the little ones that you usually get. I mean, like, big ones, like, about the size of a ping pong balls. Maybe a little bit smaller than that. But you, you get my drift. Like, they're bigger than we normally get. You know what I mean? So, and it looked like it snowed. The wee man was like, snow, snow. I was like, mm, kind of. <laughs> so... But try, wait, how are you going to explain hail to like a two year old? You know what I mean? So, no, kind just, of hard. We're just like, oh, yeah, it's snowing. Yeah. yeah. Aye. Most mm-hmm. of my neighbours were, were more worse hit than me. Um, I think I sent you the photo of the wee shed next door getting broken apart. Jeez, <laughs> they didn't build that very well, did they? <laughs> Fucking hell, you should have seen them today trying to clear all that crap up. I was just like, oh my god. Just whatever you do, if uh don't get get your neighbours to build you a a bomb bunker or anything like that, because you'd be screwed. <laughs> Much bomb like where's Steven's source of oh, there it is over there. I was just sitting like yesterday and I was looking out the window and I could see the light just raising a bit raising and then they had like like weights on top of it and they uh, knew they were going to fall off they fell off and I was just like I could just see it going up up and it just went flying up up <laughs> and I was like that's going to go and okay. then sure enough like 10 minutes that was it <laughs> <laughs> that was that gone and I was just yeah. like oh well bloody hell I hope they didn't have valuables in that shed <laughs> no I don't think so I think it was a little of rubbish I think yeah um, thankfully but I I was looking last night and I could see like the the lamppost outside just wobbling and I was just like shit <laughs> that's some serious <laughs> fucking wind out there man oh god I'll lamp you <laughs> oh Jesus anyway that was a bright idea wasn't it yeah so yeah. um so where are we Right, so we've got a few things to discuss today in this mm. episode. Obviously, mm. our main point that we're doing today is to review The Edge of Destruction, which is the third story from Season 1, which Mike's got a massive rant, which I've been waiting for since bloody November. <laughs> so this will be hilarious. Um, we've got the quiz answers from the, the Christmas Doctor Who magazine quiz that we did. Um, I guess we've done that one. <laughs> I think we did not too bad. Um, 
I think we did not too bad. And obviously, we'll discuss the, the consolidated viewing figures for the Christmas episode. They're out now. Um, we can probably discuss that. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, really. So if you're enjoying listening to us, please follow the, the podcast. Uh, give us a review if you're enjoying the podcast. And follow us on all our social media. It's great to hear from you all. Would the owner of the blue box in Private Gallery 15 please report to the steward's office immediately? So, um, did you see the, the consolidated viewing figures for the the Christmas episode? I they, did, they, yeah. I think it's the lowest I've ever been. Like, like I, I, I probably said that's the lowest, the lowest one that's ever been, for like even more than the one with uh, that superhero one and Peter Capaldi's Doctor. That, yeah, the, that the, is, return, that was bad. the return of Dr. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that one? That was the return of Dr. Mysterio, which got a consolidated of 7.83. Uh, Church on Ruby Road got a consolidated of 7.49 million. So, not quite. It's a bit better than Jodie Whittaker's. Specials, mm. but then they don't. I don't know if they count because they're New Year, but it's a bit better than Jodie Whittaker's, but not quite. Um, but by the way, I had to laugh at that those photos that you sent me from Pointless. By the way, my days. <laughs> but, but anybody that doesn't know, Pointless is a game show where you get a, you get an answer. Uh, no, sorry, you get a question and things like that, and you have to like. You have to guess. Um, what what am I trying to say here, Stephen? Uh, you have to yes, you have to guess the pointless answer, which is, you know, and like what people would essentially pick as the answer in that. Yeah, because like they have questions on it, and then they ask like a group of like hundred people, and you've got to guess the answer that would have the least amount of people that would put that answer down, mm. um, and obviously. In this one, it was on last Thursday. They came up with a, a Jodie Whittaker either one, and there was two options. There was one was name three episodes from the Jodie Whittaker era, and then there was another one. The other option was um, <laughs> was it? What was it? Oh yeah, they had to name what was three actors from the Power of the Doctor, which was Jodie Whittaker's last story. Um. And basically, at the end, they said that um, the people that were doing it went with the naming three actors from the Power of the Doctor, thankfully. Uh, but then at the end, they said that out of the hundred people, no one could um, name a Jodie Whittaker episode. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, I mean, like, I think me and you, like, on a bad day, could at least you know, name three episodes from any other era of Doctor Who. But <laughs> even I could name three, and I didn't even watch the bloody Jodie Whittaker era that much. I can still name you three. Honestly, <laughs> I feel so bad. Like, that is just horrendous. Out of 100 people, they couldn't name one. Like, even even if those 100 people weren't Doctor Who fans, surely they, they would be able to pick, like... At least three, like, I don't know, it's just, 
I feel so bad because she's she's a great actress. Like I've I've, pin, I've pointed this out a million times. She is a good actress. Everything else, it was just I, I, this is my belief. People have argued with me about this, but I don't care. My point of view is the writing let her down. It's the same with Peter Capaldi. The writing let him down. His acting came out, but then the first couple of seasons that she was like the first season in particular, I think could have been better. And then as she went on, I think she got a bit more comfortable. But I think there was so much pressure, especially as she was the first ever female doctor. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think there would have been so much pressure. And I think this is what's like spun people about is the fact that it, it kind of showed in the first season. You know, but then as the season went on, she kind of loosened up a bit and then got a bit more into it. You know what I mean? So, like, but obviously it's such a big acting role and there's such big boots to fill for this for this one role and the pressure was on her and even more pressure because she was the first female doctor. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. you know what I mean? So, but, like, I'm, I'm sorry for laughing, but, like, it was pretty funny. But at the same time, I felt so bad as well. I was like, oh, my days. <laughs> I, I don't think there's many times that out of the 100, no one can, like, at least name anything. Like, mm. I think that's pretty rare. But I think... I'm surprised no one even put, like, the first one down, like, the, the woman who fell to Earth, like, because I think yeah. everyone watched that. Yeah. Um, spy, uh, spy Master. Spyfall. Spyfall, yeah. I don't know why you, I keep you class. Know, you get that wrong as well. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> you knew that, um, Yeah. Um, the power of the Doctor, I mean, that's bloody easy. Like, mm. you know. Um, oh, what's the other one? Rosa, the Ghost what Monument. Sea, De- sea Devils? Legend of the Sea Devils. That was the one, Legend of the Sea Devils, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't even bloody seen that one, but I can still tell you what the title was. Yeah, the um, one with Rosa Parks was just named Rosa, wasn't it? It wasn't Rosa Parks, it was just Rosa, wasn't it? I it was think. just Rosa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what? What's the one with the spiders? Arachnids in the UK, that one. Uh, actually, I actually quite like that episode. I thought that was... I, I know we're going off topic, topic here because we won't be coming to this one until like, later on, much later on, but... Mm. I did quite like that episode. I thought it was one of the, the better ones, actually. I did. It was all right until the end, until she decides... <gasps> that, like, we're kind of skipping ahead here, but I did, I did watch that one. Uh, and it kind of annoyed me, the fact that the Jodie Whittaker's doctor was thinking it was a lot easier for the do- for the, the spiders just to choke to death, like, you know, run out of air, rather than just shoot them. Because yeah, it's but... a bit more humane to shoot them rather than just with them, like, you know... You know. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing about the doctor is that the she he doesn't use weapons essentially. The sixth doctor did. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to make good points, don't you? I, I, I'm just saying, like, it's a bit like inhumane, right? You know, yeah. oh, it's all right for them. They're just, you know, just to starve to death. You know, starve of oxygen. You know, struggle to yeah. breathe. Yeah. Fuck it. Anyway, we'll get to that in like about fucking eight, what? nine, ten years. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, um, there's quite a lot of people saying that 
oh, why are you, why are you um, saying it's really bad? Like, you know, you're just not happy about it, are you? You won't be happy unless it gets cancelled and all this shit. Mm. And, I, you know, I'm just stating facts. That it's the lowest rated Christmas special. And the it's, lowest rated... What is it? Yeah. Have they been commenting, like, when, on the podcast? Or is that no, just in general? No, group chat. Like, on oh, the yeah. Like, um, yeah, Doctor Who fan groups and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Doctor Who fan groups, again, we're going off subject here, but, <laughs> all right, funny little story for everybody, and I find it hilarious, and you know what I'm about to say, Stephen. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, there's there's a group on a group on Facebook which I, I absolutely love going on. Um, like I haven't been on it for a while actually. Uh, but I've been, I've, I have I've to been, say I, I have to say that I bloody hate fucking fan groups. Like they're yeah. fucking being in my existence. I hate them. Well, the thing is that they're all going about like this is a safe space for all fans and a bit else. Speak your mind, but as soon as you do, mm. they're like, <laughs> like yeah, shut up. All right, my point of view. Shut up. Fuck off. Um, but anyway, um, Ian, uh, Ian Levine's uh, Doctor Who group, uh, Facebook group, uh, which I highly recommend if anybody's out there listening, look it up. It's... Um, but to be fair, like, I have gone on it and there's some good theories and things like that and people do post good stuff. Like any other group, you've got your idiots that post whatever. So anyway... I decided to post about the podcast, just trying to get people more people aware of the podcast. And um, I said, somebody, and it looks like they were they were commenting from different like fake accounts. And all I put was um, what to call it, uh, three Scotsmen talking about Doctor Who, who loved Doctor Who, whatever, and talking about Doctor Who on this podcast, things like that. Ow. Dare you? How dare you say free Scotsman? Yeah, like, like exactly. Like that's it's like, oh well, you're, you're leaving everybody else out. That's uh, uh, a Doctor Who fan. Like, why is it only specified for Scotsman and, and everything else? I said, and even there was there was even other comments going, um, well, that's a weird response. <laughs> <laughs> and like even everybody, like whoever, like there was other people that commented like, going, well, like I like this idea for the podcast, and I'll check it out. But that was definitely a weird response to this guy is trying to, you know, try and get more viewers for for the podcast, you know, and like, but he, I can't remember the other comments that he made, but there was different accounts, and it was definitely the same guy because I looked at the pictures, went on the account, looked at the thing, and it was the same guy, but different mm-hmm. accounts and that. I'm like, yeah, this guy. So what I just chose not to enter into a discussion. Well. I put put my point across, but then I could see that he was going to start making arguments and that, and I just I didn't think that was a great way to go. So kind of left it. Stephen spoke his mind as well, and then we just decided, you know what, you're just trying to like make us look bad and that because there's people out there that well or is either bored sitting at home bored thinking how can I mess with these guys? So we just chose just to ignore him eventually, and he kind of went away. So. Basically. Yeah, but yeah. it's not going to deter me from posting about the podcast because I think other people should should listen to it if they want to. You know what I mean? We we'll make good points. I go on my rants like I am now. You know, everybody's happy. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I was posting on because someone was. I think it was Ian Levine posted mm. on the group page. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, saying 
obviously the consolidated for the Christmas special had came in mm. and he was saying it was seven point four nine and it was like the top three, it was like the number three of the the top of the top I think it was the top ten and it was a number three for the Christmas Day. Yeah. Um and I just commented saying that it's still the lowest rated Christmas special. Which is true. It's a fact. Mm. Right? I didn't say anything that I didn't like it. I didn't say anything like that. Mm. I just stated a fact. And then everyone chips in saying, oh, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. Fuck off, basically. You know, you won't be happy until it's cancelled and all this shit. And I was just like, I can't be doing with this. Like, I've got better things to be doing. So I just I just left the group. <laughs> I was like, I can't be asked for the shit anymore. <laughs> Uh, it's just and unreal. It was like 40 something, 40% share of the, the TV of that day, and like mm-hmm. rose from 2005 was like 43 or some pish. And I was like, it's what? nothing to do with cares, it's about the viewing figures. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't dissing the episode, I was just saying a fact. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can see by the viewing figures, it is a bit better than Jodie Whittaker's episodes. Mm. Um, and the writing was a little bit better than Jory Worker's episodes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but there was other people saying that obviously viewing habits have changed since, you know, God knows when, to be honest. Um, even, even in the past five, five, six years, I've noticed that viewing, like, because obviously got all different platforms these days, people are a lot busier. Um, I know multiple people that work multiple jobs, you know what I mean? Because obviously prices have gone up and that and you need to work multiple jobs to keep on top of it or whatever. Or, um, But, yeah. you know, it's but, just... like Yeah, sorry. It's not that bad, though, because I know, like, me and you, like, you know, we've got young kids, like, you're working and all that sort of shit, so we have to, like, you know, record it or watch it on catch-up or something like that. Yeah. Which is fair enough. I think some people do do that. But overnight's... Yeah, some people can watch it straight away. Some people can't, unfortunately. So yeah. it's people like, people like me and you that will watch it unconsolidated, but, you know, catch up and stuff like that, which is fair enough. But if you measure it against other shows in recent years, mm. the viewing figures are still not that great. Yes, no. it's a bit better for Doctor Who, fair enough. Um, but if you look at, like, Line of Duty from, like, what was it, like, two, nearly three years ago. Yeah. You know, that was getting at least like in consolidated, that was getting upwards of like thirteen thousand. Christ. No, so sorry, thirteen million. Yeah, yeah. In consolidated. Yeah. Uh, basically for most of the episodes. Christ. And then Happy Valley, I don't know if you've seen Happy Valley. No. Like it is on my list of things to watch, but there's so much out there to watch now. Yeah. Well, Happy Valley season three came out. January, early February last year. So it's about a year ago now. Uh, and it started off at a 7.9 consolidated for the first episode. Hmm. And then it ended with episode six with 11.08 million. Christ. So also, you know, Gladiators has returned to ITV. Yeah, I've been yeah. watching it. Right. Yeah, it? So much nostalgia. So much nostalgia. My childhood, child, the child in me just comes out of my like, Yeah. Yeah, because we grew up in the 90s. Like, mm. you know, when it was 
at its peak because it got cancelled in 2000. Yeah. But aye. So the first episode got a 6 million overnights right. of viewing figures, which is better than Doctor Who. And it's at the same time on a Saturday. Yeah. Well, it's not actually, it's not ITV, it's BBC actually, sorry. Yeah. BBC. So that got a better one. The ITV, so that was already got a better overnights than Doctor Who. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, also, did you see Mr. Bates versus the post office? Uh, well, uh, my wife's been, uh, my wife watched it. I watched like that last episode, and she kind of caught me up from there. So, I know what it's about, and I know the I know what it's all about, and that yeah. But yeah, well, that's been at the top. That's beat basically everything from the first week of January. So those yeah. four episodes are in the top ten. Right. So at number four in the top ten is episode one with a consolidate of 9.2 million. Christ. Which is better than Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Episode two, which is, is at number three in the top ten for the week mm-hmm. of, the first week of January, with a 9.48 million consolidated. Because all the episodes were every night, so it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. From the 1st of January onwards. Yeah. So at, at number two, is episode three with a 9.99 million mm. overnight, uh, not overnight, consolidated, sorry. Mm. And and then at number one, it's episode four with a 10.31 million consolidated. Christ. So there are people that will tune in to something that is good on television. Mm. It says a lot though, doesn't it? Like, it says a lot about the show as well. And yet, obviously... By the looks of it, the diehard fans who watch it because they want to keep up or whatever, or they're just diehard fans, and just watch it regardless. But there's only a small amount, you know, that will stay and watch it no matter what's going on with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's I mean, sad that. It's like when you think of that, because like obviously, I'm a pro Doctor fan. I have been for years, but. Like it's quite sad to think that something's gone on for sixty years has like gotten to the point where it's like you know like people other people would rather watch something else than you know this show that's lasted sixty years. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. I I don't want to bash on it too much. It is a bit better than Jodie Whittaker's sort of average. Mm. Um, some of hers were really badly rated. Like there were some of them were the lowest since like the eighties. So it's up slightly. It'd be interesting to see what happens in May when it comes back. So I think there might be a little bit of an, an increase in viewership, maybe. Because yeah. it's the of a new season. I'm do I kinda worried that because it's May, because obviously May is when the good weather comes in and everyone goes outside and <laughs> goes to the beer gardens and shit like that. Um <laughs> you know, that's usually the best May, June's usually the best kind of weather, and then July's kinda iffy. You yeah. get a bit, of, a bit of shit, and then by August it's crap again. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens then. Eh? Well, I'm quite, I'm quite interested to see, like, because I'm like, I'm, I'm an optimist here, but I'm quite interested to see what Russell T. Davis does because obviously, recently we've questioned 
his decisions for the show. But I reckon whatever he's got planned is going to pay off. No matter what it is, I think in the long run, it might pay off somehow. Might be a way of him kind of, I don't know, almost rebooting it, maybe. I don't know. This is the optimist coming out of me as well. Um, kind of hoping that's going to, that's what's going to happen. Um, but you never know. You know what I mean? You never know what he's thinking or whatever. But again, we'll have to take faith in the fact that he knows what he's doing and as well. So and hopefully he's not yeah. lost his mind. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Like, I mean, I think you're a bit more dedicated to what than I was during Jodie Whittaker's era because I checked out mm. pretty early. Like, yeah. I, checked, I got to like the one with the Pating, and then I thought that was so dreadful and so boring that I, I actually gave. I didn't watch the full thing. I gave up halfway through. Yeah, episode five. I I just I just switched it off, cancelled all the future recordings for the series link. And I just went fuck it. I'm not watching it anymore. Um, and I kind of, I kind of came back in for resolution, then switched off again, <laughs> and then came back for the end. Um, yeah. but you stuck through the whole entire thing, so mm. you know, I'm I'm back now watching it because of this pod this podcast. <laughs> so you know, um, I'm here whether it's good or shit, right? You know. <laughs> Kind of have to admit, kind of, like even if it's shit, like I had to go through this two part bloody edge of destruction shite, and that is like by Christ, I was close to just throwing, like instead of just turning it off, throwing the fucking remote at the telly. <laughs> oh my god, I, that is sixty years old, mate. Right? <laughs> in a couple of weeks, that is actually going to be sixty years old because it it came out then round about then in a couple of weeks' time. So why can't this be one of the missing episodes? <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! I've, I wholly hope so. Like, why couldn't it have just? Oh fuck's sake! Anyway, right, let's move on. <laughs> Right. Oh yeah, the Doctor Who quiz. Right. So, how do you think we got on? Would you think out of sixty? You said that we didn't do that badly. So, what was it? Out of sixty. Yeah, out of sixty. What do you think was the total? I'm gonna go. Say we got maybe about twenty-five questions right. Twenty-five. 25, yeah. Higher. Ooh. 30. Bit higher. Ooh. 33. Higher. Ooh. 35. Spot on, 35, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice one. Well, better than what I thought we had done, like, so. Yeah. So, hold on, let's get the answers. Let's go for it. Quickly. That was a painstaking bloody quiz as well. Oh, that was a pain shit in my crank. Right. What? Where's the, where's the fucking questions? <laughs> right, hold on. I've got like a billion things in front of me right now. Right, hold on. Uh, question one. 
was obviously about the Star Beast comic, yeah. and it was about that Lassie who was in the comic, who was meant to be a companion. Mm-hmm. We put Karen, that was wrong. Her name was Sharon. Weren't that far from it. <laughs> <laughs> we were close enough. Right? A couple of letters. Uh, question number two, well, what was the colour of the Meep in the Marvel's US Doctor Who comic when it was reprinted? We put blue. That was the correct answer, was blue. Where was the sequel strip of the Star Beast 2 published? We put the Sunday Times. Was it buggery? It was the Doctor Who yearbook, 1996. Oh, I knew that. I, I just couldn't remember it. Fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> anyway, who played the Meep in the audio sequel, Ratings War? Uh, we put Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Toby Longworth. Never heard That's... of Toby Longworth. Looking no, out. that would have been a long shot. Oh. Yeah. It wouldn't have been worth the hassle. <laughs> <laughs> Which new re- newsreader guest starred in the audio adaption of the Star Beast in 2019? We put Trevor McDonough. <laughs> McDonald. It's uh, actually Angela Rippon. All right. Fucking hell. Anyway. Right, question number six. What's the famous blue planet of the Actaeon galaxy? Uh, we put Metabilis Free. That was correct. It was from the third Doctor Zero, as I predicted. <laughs> from the Green Death and Planet of the Spiders, which is both oh. three third Doctor stories. On what planet is blue the colour of morning? Uh, what did we put there? We didn't know. I was trying to remember, but I couldn't quite remember what the answer fucking was. I knew it was the sixth Doctor story. And it was, I was correct, it was a six doctor story. It was uh, the planet Necros from Revelation of the Daleks. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that memory. In which episode did the 10th Doctor first wear his blue suit? Uh, I was pretty convinced that it was Smith and Jones. And I was correct, it was Smith and Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, what role did the blue new paradigm Dalek play? We put strategist. That was correct. Uh, where are we? My answer, actually. Huh? Was that? Oh, no, I said communications, didn't I, actually? No. I think you're thinking of... Was it not Star Trek? They are communications, the blue ones. I don't know. Like, I remember, like... We were trying to think of the answer. I'm pretty sure I might have said communications or something. It might have been Caroline. That said, I don't know. Anyway. Point I don't know. We got it right anyway. So, whose horoscope foretold the colour blue would be important? We put Donna. The answer was Dan Lewis. And a teaser shown after Revolution of the Daleks. Nah, don't know. I've never, I've, I've never seen Revolution of the Daleks. I don't know. Anyway, how many moves was the Doctor given to solve the trilogic game in the 1966 story, The Celestial Toy Maker? We put how many? Did we put oh, we put three. 
The answer was 1,023. Oh, <laughs> we'll wait for that one. <laughs> uh, the Toymaker was supposed to return in 1986, The Nightmare Fair, but the story wasn't for just who wrote the scripts. We put Graham Williams, because I remembered it, and it was Graham Williams. Oh. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, question 13. The short story Games, published in Doctor Who Magazine issue, blah, 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 blah. Was the toy maker playing chess with which adversary of the seventh Doctor? We put the master. The answer was Fenric. Huh. Well, the villain from The Curse of Fenric. Huh. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, question 14. The toy maker was the villain in Endgame. This had the Tardis return to which village featured in several Fifth Doctor strips? We put style. (laughs) (laughs) It was not style, it was uh, Stockbridge. It began with an S, so we get points for that. STO. That's correct. (laughs) I think it'd be better if you actually went to Stowe, to be honest. Why <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't play it up a bit? Probably. Probably get some graffiti and a drunk guy trying to get into his TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> that drunk guy um, being mean. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right, um, question 15. Which actor previously, a fourth Doctor villain on TV, played the toy maker in two audio stories? We didn't have an answer for this one. It was David Bailey, who previously was in The Robots of Death. Oh, okay. Mm. No idea who David Bailey is, but okay. Don't know. He was in Robots of, The Robots of Death, so... Don't know. Uh, on the wraparound cover of the Video Times 10th Anniversary Special, the third Doctor was menaced by Dalek, a Cyberman, and Witch on the Monster. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a sea devil. It was a sea devil, yes. Sea devil. Hmm. Uh, Robert Holmes proposed the 20th anniversary story, which was replaced by the Five Doctors. What was the title of Holmes' abandoned adventure? Uh, I said it was the Six Doctors. Hmm. Six Doctors, and you all looked at me really weird. Uh, and yes, it was the Six Doctors. Hmm. The, the Sixth Doctor would have been a, an imposter. Basically. Right. Uh, question 18. The 30th anniversary story Dimensions in Time took place in the Standards Albert Square in which three time zones? It was, we said 73, 93 and 2013, which is correct. Huh? Correct. Amundo! Yay. Question 19, who briefly played a new Doctor in a story for the 40th anniversary, having previously played a different incarnation of a character even more briefly? It was Richard E. Grant, is what we said anyway. So that's oh. correct. Hey. Hey. And then he'd also be cast in The Snowman as well. And the name of the Doctor, he was in that as well. Oh, right, okay. The 50th anniversary story, The Day of the Doctor, was first since Dimensions in Time to use which process? What did we say? 
couple cup of soups. Yeah. Uh, it was what that was wrong. It was a uh, 3D. Yeah. Oh. Well. Uh, done. Right. Uh, 2023 also marked the 50th anniversary of Target Books range, which continues to adapt Doctor Who adventures in random order, which was the first story to be novelized featuring the second Doctor. Ooh, where are we? We didn't know, so we didn't write anything down for that one. Or the Master, or the Fourth Doctor. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, 24, we wrote an answer down for that, which was Romana. Where the hell are we? 24. We wrote down Destiny of the Daleks. And yes, that was correct. Destiny of the Daleks was correct for that one. Cool. Uh, question number 25 was for the Fifth Doctor. We wrote down Earthshock. Uh, Nope, that was incorrect. It was visitation. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the sixth doctor, we wrote down revelation of the Daleks. Um, it was not correct. That was the two doctors. Jesus. Uh, question number 27 was Donna Noble. We put down the fires of Pompeii. That was correct. Yay. Yay. The eleventh doctor. Where are we? We put Day of the Doctor, which was correct. Twelfth Doctor, we put the Twice Upon a Time, which was correct. Oh, that is one. And the thirteenth Doctor, we put down Kablam, which was not correct. It was the Witch Finders. Oh. Yeah. Hey ho. Yeah. Where are we? Right. Oh, so the next couple of questions were obviously about the Hooniverse ident celebrating the different eras of the show. Uh, but who was on the Who? So questions 31 to 36 where the six doctors appear on the W. And you had a point for each one. So we put down the 10th, the 1st, 4th, 3rd, 15th and 13th. Yeah, right. Uh, there was the first Doctor which was correct the fourth Doctor was correct third Doctor was correct tenth Doctor was correct thirteenth Doctor and the fifteenth Doctor is correct so we got all of them correct yeah uh, questions 37 to 44 were eight characters on the H and there was again a point for each we put Amy Pond Sarah Jane, Rose, Susan, Martha, Joe Grant, Yanto, and Gwen Cooper. Huh. Right. So Susan was correct. Joe Grant was correct. Sarah Jane was correct. Rose Tyler. Gwen Cooper was correct. Martha was correct. Amy Pond was correct. Yanto was not correct. Ah. It was uh, Ruby Sunday. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, questions 45 to 50. Name the six monsters and villains on the O. So, what the hell did we put for that one? Give me two tips. Uh, oh, there we go. 
We've got the Daleks, uh, Messi, Cybermen, Weeping Angels, The Master, Toy Maker. There's only six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's what we put in. So the answers were obviously the Daleks was correct. Uh, Messi was correct. Weeping Angel was correct. Uh, Cyberman was correct. The Master wasn't correct, and the Toy Maker wasn't correct. Um, so what was on it was the Daleks, Coquillion, Cybermen, a Sea Devil, a Weeping Angel, the Bane Mother, Missy, and the Male Leaf Dragon. Mm. Aye. Anyway, and then obviously the last couple of questions were obviously about Tales of the Tardis and what was in the Memory Tardis. Uh, yeah, basically. So what did we say? We said 51 was Stephen's panda mascot. We said no. We, no, we said yes, it was, and it was no. So we got that wrong. Uh, Bessie's number plate, we said yes, it was there, so we got that correct. The TARDIS force field generator, we said it wasn't there. The answer was yes, it was there, so we got that wrong. Ah. Uh, what's 54? The fourth Doctor's scarf. We said it was there. It actually wasn't there, so we got that wrong. The ah. uh, poster for Ace's Happiness Patrol audition. We said it was there. It was there, so we got that correct. Uh, the gramophone from the 1996 TV movie. We said it was there, it actually wasn't, so we got that wrong. The Tenth Doctor's machine that goes ding. Uh, we said it wasn't there, but actually, was it there? No, it wasn't, so we got that correct. Cool. Uh, the Lymph Doctor's faithful friend handles. Uh, we said it was there, and it was there, so we got that correct. Uh, 59... The 12th Doctor's guitar, we said, yes, it probably was there, and it was there, so we got that correct. And the final one was the 13th Doctor's ear cuff. Uh, we said it was there, but probably it was not there, so we got that wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, we did pretty well, but we didn't get fantastic scores, but I think by the end of it, we just kind of gave up and just went, we'll just guess basically towards the end because some of the questions were absolutely terrible like I mean half of them I didn't even bloody know um, and I'm probably a bigger Doctor Who nerd um, and I didn't know some of them so I kind of guessed as well but here we go see so, so, like I think we've done pretty well regardless like yeah we did guess quite a lot of them but you know uh, out of 60, right. 35 I'll take that for half of them, I didn't even have a clue. Yeah, basically. But, I kind of guessed most of them, but fuck it. 25 out of 60 is not bad. Like, I thought it was going to be absolutely bloody terrible, but... I'm not, looking forward, to, I'm not looking forward to the, sim, the 70th uh, anniversary special uh, questionnaire either. That'll be... They do, they do a quiz every day Christmas, so there'll be one at the end of next year, the end of this year. 
So no, but what I'm saying is instead of 60 questions, there'll be 70 questions, and then they'll probably just be as hard as this one. Oh, fucking hell. Right. So, shall we get into the, the trivia for this story then, and we shall move on? Yeah. Cool. Right, so this story is story three of Doctor Who from 1963-64 season, season one, and it's called The Edge of Destruction. It's also known as Inside the Spaceship, and it aired from the 8th to the 15th of February 1964, written by David Whitaker, uh, who is also the script editor of the series, and it's directed, the two directors, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, we've got Richard Martin coming back to direct. He directed quite a few episodes of the Daleks, mm. and episode two was directed by Frank Cox. Mm. Uh, so, do you want to guess the viewing figures for this story? Well, this is this was at his peak. Um, obviously, it was a new new thing, wasn't it? So, okay, I'm just trying to think. Uh, okay, I'll just go with like 5.6 million or something. Oh, you're way off, Mike. You're way off, man. I don't know. We just, <laughs> like, we just came off the Daleks. So the first episode, Edge of Destruction, mm. uh, had 10.4 million. Yeah. The Brink of Disaster, which the second episode, got 9.9 9 million. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, pretty good. Alright. Some of the music hits at the time. Uh, for both two both consecutive weeks, we have The Searchers with Needles and Pins as the number one hit for both weeks. Not pins and needles, no. No, it's needles and pins. Uh, pal. Oh. <laughs> um the movie uh, number one movie at this point was Doctor Strange Love with uh, Peter oh. Sellers. Alright, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you know who Peter Sellers is. You know, the Pink Panther. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of this film before, but it's basically about a, a story about an unhinged uh, US Air Force general who orders like a preemptive strike against the Soviet Union. Oh. And basically the president of the US and like everyone else is trying to stop him from being an absolute dick and starting a third world war. <laughs> All oh, right, okay. Yeah. What's it called? Doctor Strange Love. Oh, okay. That you can yeah. tell I've never watched it, but yeah, I've never even heard of it either, and I don't know why it's called Doctor Strange Love. It's a bit stupid. I've, I've heard of it, and I'm pretty sure I might be wrong. But I think they've they've done a remake of it at some point or another, but I might be wrong. But um, maybe, maybe. Um, some of the events at the time on the 9th of February the, the Beatles appear on the Ed Sullivan show in the US 
mm-hmm. um, which was like a big entertainment sort of show at that point. And that was a big break into America. Cool. Uh, the 10th of February, the, the there was a Melbourne Voyager collision, which was two uh, Australian warships, uh, and they basically crashed into each other, and the Voyager sank, and uh, 82 Australian sailors lost their lives, oh, uh, unfortunately, because I think it was human error at that point. Yeah. Unfortunately, they all died uh, off the coast of Australia in the middle of the night. Uh, on the 15th of February, uh, Chris Farley, the American actor, was born. All right, yeah. You'll probably know him from uh, Tommy Boy and yeah. uh, the bus driver and uh, Billy Madison. Yeah. Actually, a little, little fact as well. He done, uh, what do you call it? I think it was like a, a song or a poem or something that he'd written and he performed it in front of the things, but it was... Uh, in front of uh, a live audience on a talk show. And when I heard about this, um, I thought, surely not. But apparently it was about how he was feeling. I think it was a song, actually, and it was about how he was feeling. I think it was uh, called um, The Unhappy Clown or something, or The Sad Clown or something it was called. And mm-hmm. it was basically how he was feeling at that time. And people were just laughing at it, thinking, oh, this is like classic Farley and that, but actually there was a deeper meaning to it as well of how he was feeling and things like that. Check like check it out on uh, YouTube and that. It, it was when I, wa- I watched it like years ago now, but um, yeah, it was like if we were to watch it now, we'd be like thinking, is he all right? But back then, everybody thought, oh yeah, classic Farley, you know. Yeah. And they were all laughing at him and everything else, but you know, I'm. Yeah, sorry. Aye. Aye, I'll definitely check that out. Um, he, he sadly passed away in 1997. Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately. And then on the 16th of February, the day after the, the second episode aired, the Christopher Eccleston was born. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. The future doctor. Yes, he's coming up for his 60th birthday pretty soon. Yeah. Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously we've got the Doctor Who Doctor Who poll um, so out of the 29 first Doctor stories which I think this one ranks amongst Doctor Who fans 29 hmm 29 <laughs> okay in 1998 it ranked number 16 don't look at me like that. <laughs> okay, okay. In 2009, it ranked number 20. Okay. In 2014, it ranked number 18. <laughs> and okay. then in 2023, just last year, it ranked number 17. Oh, my days. <laughs> no danger. Like, did... Did people seriously like this? Like, seriously? Did it? Oh, my. Apparently, some people think there were some other stories that were a lot more shit than this. <laughs> Granted, we will be coming up to them, but, like, at the minute, like, because, like, it's been so long since I've watched, watched these, uh, because I think I've, I've watched 
obviously I watched the the Daleks one before. Yeah. Um, and obviously I watched the, uh, the Unearthly Child, but I've never seen this one before, and I was disappointed, especially after the Daleks episode. Well, you'll find out in a minute. Oh dear. Right, we'll move on to production, and then we can get into your juicy thoughts on this story because it's going to be exploding everywhere. Oh yeah. Right. So, the production. So, this is the first three stories of the Doctor Who were intended to be Anthony Coburn's An Unearthly Child, which was four parts, mm-hmm. Nations, The Daleks, which was seven parts, and John Lucarotti's Marco Polo, which was going to be seven parts. But because of the 13-episode order, would only take the series up to the second episode of Marco Polo, it was agreed that their new two-part story should be created and placed in between the Daleks and Marco Polo. So story editor David Whitaker agreed to write these scripts over the course of a weekend. So he only did them over like two days and two nights. Uh, on November 1st, the result known as Inside the Spaceship was officially added to the schedule. As the basis for the adventure, Whitaker turned to an idea he suggested during July 1963 of a story set entirely inside the TARDIS which would showcase the ship and its passengers. Also, it would mean that the two-part story could be done on the cheap. Plus, it would also allow for the first three stories to explore the three types of settings past, future, and sideways. Whitaker wrote the script in two days, describing the process as a bit of a nightmare. He drew upon influences of ghost stories and haunted houses. Bertie Lambert, felt that the story captured the audiences because of the conflict between the characters to avoid complication with the Writers Guild, Whitaker only received a writing credit for the story, leaving out his usual credit of story editor, so they didn't get pissed off with him, because in those days, uh, script editors weren't allowed to hire themselves to write stories. Right, okay. The way things worked out at that point. Richard Martin would direct uh, he had directed some of the episodes of the preceding story, The Daleks. Soon it was realised that Martin would not be able to direct the second episode. This episode was directed by Frank Cox, another of the BBC's junior directors, who had only just started directing. Hmm. Uh, William Hartnell initially complained about the script due to the, a number of lines that he was given in the script, while Carolyn Ford was not sure that the character's should appear mad without reason. On the other hand, Jacqueline Hill and William Russell liked the chance to explore their characters in more depth. Requiring no pre-filming or any supporting casts, uh, this story was filmed on two Fridays, the 17th and the 24th of January 1964 at Lime Grove Studio D in Shepherd's Bush, London. 
So this story cost a total of 1,480, which was far less than the usual 2,500 granted for each episode. Right. So a lot of savings for this episode. Yeah. So the the fast return switch label on the TARDIS console appears to be written in felt pen. So Ray Cusick, the designer, guessed that it was written during rehearsals as a guide, while Lambert thought it may be written so Hartnell could find the switch. And both agreed it was probably never made to be seen on screen. Callan Ford stated that she and Hartnell labelled controls in the TARDIS control panel during rehearsals and assumed they would be blotted out before filming. And that's the production of this story. Very cool. short and sweet. Cool. So... So shall we get into your initial thoughts for this episode then before we dive deep into it? I think I can tell already because you kind of hinted at it already what you think of the story. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bear in mind that three of the actors are seasoned actors, obviously. Like, um, so... Here we go. Right. So, William Russell, right, and obviously William Hartnell, both seasoned actors, like great actors and everything else, right? I just feel that this episode did not highlight any of the things that you've just said about, you know, exploring characters and whatnot. And it was just, it was all over the place. Half the time I was thinking, what the hell's going on? Why is he acting like that? Or why is she, like, why is Susan acting like that? You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I was like, oh my days, what is going on? Like, like at the start of it, when TARDIS apparently explodes, and I'm wiggling my fingers at this one, um, it's like everybody, <laughs> I've told you this before, is the fact that everybody overreact, uh, overacts it, like when it explodes, there's, you can't see an explosion, so you don't know what's going on. They just suddenly like hit the deck. But like, it almost got a feel of, um, I don't know if people are aware of this, but there's a, a thing, uh, I think it's called the, the silly cod or the silly fish or something where people will jump into a pool but will have their arms to the side. And as they're jumping in, they wiggle as they're jumping into the thing. That's what the sort of feel I got from the whole thing. And I'm thinking, that was so over overreacted. And then at one point, Susan, who has a pair of scissors or something, like one minute she's lying, lying down on the gurney, totally immobilised. And then um, our teacher, what's our teacher called again? Ian Chesterfield. No, the the, the few, was it? No. Oh, Barbara. Big you know Barbara. the bit where, where she has the, the, the scissors? You mean Ian? Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, was it? Yeah, anyway. So, like, one minute she's, like, totally immobilised on the gurney, and then the next minute, it's like the either 
either one of our teachers, I can't remember which one now, um, just walks back into frame and suddenly Susan's got a pair of scissors in her hands and it's like a, psych- a total psycho. And then she's looks like she's about to stab one of her teachers and then she starts attacking the girl. And I was like, what's the girl done to you? The girl is just there to support you and you're just attacking it. But then I've I've watched this episode twice. And my days, I'll never get those minutes back. But Jesus Christ, I'm still lost to what was going on, you know, and why they were acting that way. Um, and I'm just like, oh my days, I'm just like, yeah, it's just it was just a pointless, like in my point of view, it was a pointless episode, you know. <laughs> um, they could have done it so much better. Um, and like over like Surely the director, when they were filming this, thinking this doesn't look right, it doesn't feel right. I know they had time restraints and everything else, but like they didn't have a lot of like a lot of time, a lot of like they could only take one shot of it or whatever. But by Christ, it was just like it wasn't great, and it didn't showcase their acting skills. Like as we all know, like they're really great, good actors, and it didn't showcase that at all. And I just. Yeah, it was just really, really, the lack of a better word, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, maybe. But, you know, I can't, I can't say enough how, like, how much I, I don't like this episode. You know what I mean? Um, but what I do, like, and this is a change for me, actually, because I usually, um, with eating, I'm usually... Uh, Rabbit and all, and going, oh, where's he doing that? And everything else. But I actually kind of liked him a little bit better in this episode. That's all the takeaway. <laughs> I liked him a little bit better because he was, he showed a, a bit more of a caring side at times as well. So I was just like, okay, I'm actually coming around to it. And he wasn't, yeah, he, he did argue a bit with the doctor like he normally did, and it did annoy me. But at the same time, it wasn't as at, at each other, you know what I mean? So. I kind of liked him a little bit better uh, in this episode, so maybe this is the turnaround that everybody's been waiting for. But, yeah. Maybe. I might go on a bit more of a rant later on, but that's all I've got for now. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus, where'd you start? Um, yeah, Susan with the, the scissors is complete... Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah, that's insane. Um, the Gumney... It's not really. A, it's like a weird gunny because it's kind of sloped. Mm. It's not flat. like a dance chair. Yeah, I don't. And he pulls it out of the wall and it floats down. And I'm just like, why is it not flat? Like, who lies like that and goes to sleep? How's mm. that comfy? Time like, I know it's meant to be like futuristic and all, but fucking hell, right? Okay, and then he tries. The BBC got into trouble for Susan with the scissors trying to attack Ian. And oh, you know right. why? Why? Can you tell why? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of obvious. It's kind of like, you know, oh, kids yeah. are so they can copy that. Yeah. And that's why the, that's why the the Betty Lambert and I got into shit for it because it's mm. quite, you know, easy to copy. Yeah. Um, it just goes completely mental. Um, for, no, for no reason whatsoever either no everyone's acting really weird because obviously Barbara wakes up first and Susan wakes up and then the doctor's conked out um, 
And then Susan like touches the, the console and she falls over. And then she passes out. Really over dramatic, like she's like, showing her human skills yet again. Yeah. And then Ian's like, she fainted. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Well, well done, pal. Well stay made. obvious, sunshine. Stay the obvious. You prick. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! By the way, so I just remembered as well. You know when they're like, uh, when what's her name, Barbara, right? She goes into this, uh, goes into the box, and I, I'm assuming it's a first aid box or whatever. And when she goes, no, uh, no, sorry, Susan, actually, it's Susan, and she kind of pick, pulls out this long, like long silvery thing, right? And like to like because it's obviously black and white. It looks like long and silvery. You know what my first thoughts were? Fuck me, Condom. those are a lot. Yeah, those are a lot of condoms. Because <laughs> this is the way it's was like, fucking hell. Well my, well, my granddad's passed it, right? Let's get the condoms out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a fun time in here. It's all right, my dear. I don't need that. <laughs> but, like, that's wonderful. That was my th- that was that just kind of popped in my head as well. All right, I looked the fifties, and it's all like, uh, uh, was it, um, all uh, love and power and empowerment or whatever it was, but flower power and love and all the rest of it. But bloody hell, how much that changes again? But but the amount of condoms that were there, like, I don't think a lot. But. Yeah, but uh, you know, like obviously when when uh, Ian and Barbara and Susan are all awake, and obviously the, the doctor's like lying cocktail, as you say, and he's like just coming to, and then what do you call it? Susan kind of walks through into, into another room, but then the TARDIS doors are open, and she, it was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> yeah. I was like, right, the doors are open. Shut them, and then I was just thinking, like, you know, have they la- like at this point, we don't know if they've landed or if they're just floating out in, in, in some place. But again, they haven't exactly explained this in the show, and this is where I kept getting lost. I was like, right, what's going on? Why, like, you know, at least give us a little tidbits. And I know it's early on in the first episode, hmm. but they're still giving us nothing. You know what I mean? Ian's acting really weird at one point as well because he kind of, when he first comes to, he kind of stands up straight. He's just like, and then Barbara's like, are you okay sort of thing? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. That's acting like a caveman for some odd reason. He's like, yeah, I'm going to create fire. Fire will get us out of this. Food. Hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Making food, woman. Me yeah. hungry. <laughs> But, um, yeah, there's just... So the doors are open and shutting, don't they? Yeah. There's no clear reason why. And I don't... Even by the end of it, I don't think they really explained it that well. You know what I mean? No. Because it's meant to be... Okay, we'll skip to the end. Apparently it's meant to be the TARDIS trying to tell them that they're in danger. But how the fuck does that make any sense, though? Because... Making Susan absolutely crazy with a knife, how does that tell you that you're in danger, apart from yeah. her trying to stab you? 
See, and obviously, when, sorry, oh, sorry. I was like, like, the melting clocks makes no fucking sense either because the, obviously at the end of the, the episode they try to explain it. Oh, well, we're running out of time, so they took time away from us. And, eh? What? Okay. Surely they'll explain them what the episode is about is the main thing. Like I'm sure, I'm pretty sure people in the sixties will be watching this going, "What the hell just happened?" You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. Like what? Like what? My initial thoughts, right? In the first like episode of it, else is like maybe when they were all coming to my initial thoughts was obviously there's. Like the the the, tar- the the console is like maybe leaking out some sort of uh, some sort of radiation or something like that. It's made them all kind of just, and then they woke up and they've got amnesia and they don't know who each other are. And I think that would have been a much more compelling episode of going who's who sort of thing. And maybe um, I don't know, like something like that. Then it would make more, a little bit more sense. Maybe add something else into it. You know what I mean? Like some weird occurrences. Um, like you know, you know. I don't know. Like, yeah, because like when Susan's lying down, like you know, with the doors open and shit like that, she says like she's starting to think like, oh, something maybe something's came in and yeah. like possessed one of them. And I thought, well, that's a really good idea. Like that's great. And then at the end of it. It's just a stupid little spring that got stuck. And it's got nothing to do with any great sci-fi idea at all. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it did, it did have that sort of feel to it. Like, one, like that Susan was possessed, maybe. And, like, you know, it was like a, fa- like a phantom, like, like, like a phantom that was in the vortex that somehow got into the TARDIS. That would have made a lot more sense, you know, for yeah. that. But, um, like, I just remember, sorry, I've got this on in the background on low, right? And I just remember, right, there's a bit in it, right, at uh, 12 minutes, maybe 20, 25 seconds into the episode, right? Jesus, here we go. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Hold on. Uh, so it's coming up for it. 12 minutes. So 12, ah, there we go. So 12 minutes, 14 seconds, you'll say, right? Into the episode. Susan kind of comes up from behind the door. She's still acting weird and everything else. When I first watched this, it looked like her dress was like the wrong way around, right? I'm thinking, why is her dress the wrong way around? You know, (laughs) it does honestly look like, I feel feel like she should, should have been like walking backwards. Or or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh, yeah. it's like, do, does that not look like it to you? Like it's the wrong way around or something? And she's it still. Like like she's to... some, it looks like she's in some cult fucking dress. Yeah, anyway, why the fuck did they leave the that the, the scissors out there? Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> and just walk off. Like fucking hell! She tried to murder you like two seconds ago with it. <laughs> Yeah, like surely, like as I said, there's two directors on this one for one episode, one for the other. Surely they would have, like, you know, seen that there was something wrong with this episode, and maybe went, right, this one can kind of take a back burner. <laughs> we'll show yeah. them, you know, hide that episode, but you know, it's somehow one of the episodes that didn't go missing. You know what I mean? 
Uh, why didn't it just go missing? Like for fuck's sake! <laughs> it's just I don't know, but it's just that like, I don't know why it looks like it's back to front or whatever. But it just looks really weird, and it, it makes her look, neck look extremely long. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, but I, I just that's what I picked up on as well. I was like, oh my days. Um, but honestly. <laughs> It's not a lot else rather than the rants that I've got about this episode that I've already gone through. Like, <laughs> like half the time they're standing around chatting and arguing. Um, but the Barbara makes a pretty good point to the doctor at one point. It's like, well, you wouldn't have survived the cave of skulls, things like that. Um, but she did make a pretty good point of because you wouldn't the doctor wouldn't have if it wasn't yeah. uh, it wasn't for them saving him. You know what I mean? So. Um, because obviously he, he's like constantly going like whatever at them, um, and like be, constantly being suspicious at them. Like he's saying to them, like you've dismantled my TARDIS, blah blah blah, all the rest of it, and it's just like, okay, um, right. And then Barbara comes up with the point of, well, you wouldn't have survived the Cave of Skulls, you wouldn't have. Like you wouldn't have survived against the Daleks if it wasn't for us and whatnot as well. So, you know, but I don't know. Um, yeah, but, she actually calls him out for once. And, you know, like everything yeah. that goes wrong is basically his fault anyway. To be honest. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, like he doesn't think so, and it's good that she finally puts him in his place and go. Oh, actually, it's all like your fault that this has happened. This has happened, but we managed to get you out of it. You wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for us. So, but then, and here's here's another thing as well. It did not make sense. So at one point near the end of the first episode, for some odd reason, the clocks start melting and the watch is melting and everything else. I'm like, right, okay. When I first watched this episode, bear in mind this is the first time I've watched this episode. I'm like thinking, oh right, something's going on here. Put a belt to something, you know. Obviously, soon after this, um, what's called the uh, the doctor is acting like really weird as well, giving them like juice and things like that as well. And I'm thinking he's up to something because he's got a smart car. He's like, mm-hmm, I'm going to get you, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just really like, as I said, it's really weird with the clocks just suddenly melting and things like that. I thought, oh, shit's going to get real. But again, nothing comes of it. I was like, what is the point? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, wasted potential, man. Yeah. Oh, Susan's about to come out and see the... D- oh, hold on. What's he doing? Grandpa, I tried to oh. touch it. Tried to touch what? Grandpa, <laughs> 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 oh, I tried to touch it. Touch what? <laughs> you uh... touched Ian's? <laughs> did you wear? Did you have protection? Yes, I used them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them right here. <laughs> You've got some around your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I quite I quite like the interaction though with um, the, the doctor and Ian, and they finally have a chat, and like we'll have to stop quarrelling, sort of thing. I, I think it's good for the doctor. I need to have that chat at this point. Yeah. As I've said many times, I'm sick of them bloody arguing and like trying to 
like the testosterone level is just above like all else and that and it's just getting in the way of the story as well half the time I'm just it's just like right I'm annoyed by them <laughs> so I'm good yeah. I'm glad I've had that sort of conversation where I'm now hoping for future episodes that are actually going to you know I, I don't expect them to stop like arguing all the time and everything else I just kind of keep it to a minimum you know make it a bit more relevant as well, why they're arguing and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah. um, but um, can't, can't remember what happens at the end of the, uh, this first episode. He was, he put something well, in the drink. The doctor gives them all drinks and basically yeah. gives them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, apart so, from Ian, you know. And uh, then he goes, the, he goes back to the console. And then he's going to start fanning a bit of it. And um, then basically someone tries to strangle the poor bastard. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out in the next episode is Ian. But then Ian's like, I'm trying to stop you from touching the console. I was like, <laughs> try to save someone. You don't go and try and strangle the fucker. What are you doing? Some bloody teacher you are, pal. Uh, it's, a, it's another poor, poor bloody uh, choice, isn't it? Like... I don't, as I said, I've pointed out some of the positives of this episode. I don't want to keep going on about the negatives of the edge of destruction and everything else. Mm. Um, but then again, like when Ian's got his hands around the doctor's throat and that, he throws himself to the ground in a dressing gown. Where the hell did a dressing gown come from? He looks like Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Hello, ladies. I got my martini here. <laughs> Why the fuck is he dressed like Hugh Hefner? I don't like, know. When, when did he get changed to oh, like? I, I don't think he was even wearing that in the last episode. Somehow he just managed to change. And now, buddy, Barbara's got the same buddy outfit as um, Susan, and it looks backwards as well. I'm just expecting him to start walking backwards. You know, at this point. But like, like, is this the way he throws himself to the floor? I'm like, again, what is the point? You know, he's somehow like kind of KO'd on the floor. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? Uh, yeah. Um, there are good things. Like, I think it's quite good when the, obviously the doctor decides that or he blames, you know, um, Ian and Barbara for everything that's been going on. And then, obviously, at the end, like, he realised he, he fucked up and he was a bit of a twat. Yeah. Um, he has to try and... I think Ian's a lot easier to kind of come round. I think he's, he's got to try and get Barbara to come round. And I think yeah. his chat with Barbara is quite nice. Um, yeah. When he uh, like, says to her, oops, I'm sorry. Like, you, you are really good. Like, please don't fall out with me. Yeah. He does say, like, he's, he's just trying to, like, throw them out into the middle of nowhere. You know? He is yeah. a bit of a dick. <laughs> So um, I think now one is going to kind of mellow a little bit and stop being a bit of a dick to them, to be honest. Yeah. And, well, what's the thing? The thing is, like, you're you're saying like he's got an entire story arc and everything else, which I'm quite looking forward to seeing when it unfolds and things like that. I'm guessing that's at the end of his era, is when it comes to, or is it the first season? There's a story arc when Susan leaves. 
the, yeah. the kind of arc there. Um, there's kind of a mini arc at this in this, this this story from that like the first three stories onwards. Um, he kind of starts becoming more of a dick, and he starts becoming a bit nicer after this. Mm. Um, he starts realizing like, obviously, you know, Barbara was right that you know, obviously, he wasn't that f- fantastic, you know, like and he needs yeah. he does need some help. Um, yeah. And he can be a mean twat, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, as I said, there was some quite nice moments, which I've already pointed out as well. But at this point, I just can't say anything else about the episode because, like, it was just a clusterfuck in my in in my point of view. You know what I mean? Like. One minute I'm thinking this is going to happen, but then something else completely different happens, and then something else. And it's like, I think even the writer was confused to what was going on. Like, he was like, oh, right, I'll write that. And I'll write that. Fair enough, you had two days to write it. Okay, I get that, right? But I can come up with a better story in two days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and well, we have. We've, we've written our own sort of Doctor Who stories, you know? Other people will probably be like, oh, they're, sh- they're shit, which, all right, you're entitled to your opinion. And people mm. will probably absolutely love this episode, but in my opinion, it's not the greatest one um, as well. And it's just, it was too confusing for my liking. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't mind a little bit of confusion if it comes all round and it's all explained. But there's so many questions to this episode that never gets fully answered. No, um, unless you unless you've got some theories or some answers for me, but I just struggled with this episode. Like I said, I think the basically the kind of idea was that the Taurus is trying to warn them um that they're in danger. But yeah. even the fucking fault locator doesn't work properly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like the fault locator worked in the last story, you know, when it told you about the fluid link, but in this one it can't be bothered to tell you what's wrong. Like it could have fixed everything within two seconds. Oh, by the way, you know the fast return switch is a bit stuck. Do you want to sort that out, pal? Yeah. You know. No, I'll, I'll just make everyone go completely mental. I, you know, melt some clocks. You know, try and get stabby with some scissors and stuff like that. You know, open the doors a couple of times and you know show you some photos and the screen yeah. and stuff like that. How does that even help? Like, come on, man. But like the thing, the thing is, with the whole like, obviously it turns out that the button was stuck, and that's why they're going through all these weird things and that, and that's why the tarsus isn't working properly and things. But again, it's not explained very well, and you kind of have to draw on your own conclusion. You know what I mean? It was just, I get that it was an episode to try and like save on like save on money and things like that, but you can do an episode on a very low budget, that can still be great. And people have proven that time and time again. But other Doctor, not just Doctor Who, but with, what to call it, um, other series out there, other programmes, other films, um, what to call it. Um, but there's so so many good good films out there and TV programmes on a minimum thing. Like The Walking Dead, season two, was the entirety was on this far because they're, um, budget got cut but due to another program but like yeah 
halfway through, I, I kind of wished that they would just hurry up with season two by like near enough the end, but it kind of wrapped up. And then the end of that season was pretty pretty good actually. By the end of it, it kind of all came together and everything else. It just went. I think they could have done that in a condensed, more condensed series, you know, and then have series three. But anyway, we're not talking about The Walking Dead. But that was just a point I was trying to make. But mm. yeah, fair enough. Um, um, I think I, it's good. I think it's good that you know when um, William Hartnell's got that big speech that he needs to say, and you know in this story he does make a quite a couple of. You know, fluffs. They kind of come to make some mistakes and stuff. But in that scene, you know, when the t- the the cameras coming up to him, like pan, like slowly panning in on him, and he's, or he's at the console and he's saying that big yeah. speech. He does that really well. I don't really understand half the shit he's saying, but you know, fair play to him. He doesn't make any mistakes in that scene. Like, you know, yeah. I would like to know how how many times he had to do that speech though, because obviously. This is around about the time that he was really struggling with his lines as well. Eh, not that bad. It's not that bad at the minute. It gets worse as you get into like season three. Yeah. Um, it gets more worse then. But I think he only did it maybe once, maybe twice. I don't think he did it that many times because I don't think they had a lot of time for him to almost, do it. I almost feel the speech, the speech that he did was just a bit of a filler because they kind of they probably realised. Um, at some point or another maybe that you know the episode was too short or something I don't know because um, as you say like you know the, the speech was a nice speech he did it well but what the fuck was he on about <laughs> ah fuck um, but he says it with are... like, he says it with conviction though so it kind of you know I'm like right whatever mate right enough so um, yeah <laughs> But then I do. There's another quite thing I do like about it. When they're talking about the fact that the ship might be um, not just like a machine, like it might have some sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Essence. Essence. Yeah. Sort of presence. That's yeah. sort of a living entity sort of thing, which is kind of hinted at, um, which kind of gets used later on in season one with the Ninth Doctor. That kind of yeah. gets hinted at later on. And it gets used because they say obviously that if the the energy got expelled from the console, you know what sort of happens, what could happen. But that, that have happens at the end of season one. Yeah, Rose. So yeah, quite a nice wee loop there. I thought it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I did. I did notice that. Uh, like after, I don't know. I know that Russell T Davis likes to pull different things from like not just classic but from other parts of um, Doctor Who as well you know what I mean like since he came back there has been times that he's pulled from previous ep- episodes and previous Doctors as well so but mm. you know um, should we get on and rate rate it then I, I don't have anything else to say about it it's just yeah just what it is yeah they kind of all make up Kind of, they're all kind of like you know pretty pally towards the end. Like they're kind of only one group, and they're not kind of divided anymore. To be honest, yeah, a good thing. Well, yeah, that's that's a, to be fair. That's another positive to add to it as well as the fact that you know they had their chats. Like Ian 
chatted with the doctor and he's had his chat with, uh, the doctor's had his chat with Barbara as well and that's a positive I suppose as well and I'm just quite intrigued to see what happens next because uh, I don't think I've seen another e- this next episode either uh, you'll but... have a hard job <laughs> sorry you'll have oh, a hard job this is one of the better episodes is it yeah you only got the audio right I'll have a look at that Although I think I've found someone on YouTube that's done like a sort of sort of weird animation thing towards to the audio, which is quite cool to watch, which I might oh. send you the link for. Yeah. Um, but I think the the audio is on BBC iPlayer. Yeah. All right. For the, okay. for the episodes. So. I think it'll be on Audible as well. It is on Audible. Yeah. There's a. Oh. There's a volume, there's different volumes. There's like a, it'll be in the, hold on, Doctor Who volume, bleh, missing episodes. Hold on, let me double check. Doctor Who, The Lost TV Episodes, Collection 1, 1964 to 65. That's the one, and that has all quite a lot of them. There's different collections. There's one to five, I think. Right. Um, Hold on. Collection one has Marco Polo, uh, the Vein of Terror, the Crusade, Galaxy Four, and the Myth Makers. All right. Okay. Sure. Does but by the way, I'm just um obviously like the second episode just finished like running back some obviously it was on while we were chatting and that. But like obviously at the end I after Barbara and the doctor have their chat and everything else and then um Barbara and Susan go out and start having a some snowball fight and everything else and obviously they see a big footprint as well. In the snow, and she's like, "Oh, but uh, doctor, come and see this and whatnot. We found something or whatever, whatever she says." And obviously, like it says that the next episode is called "The Roof of the World." Is that another lost episode? Then I'm guessing. Yeah, it go from here on on. We go on to the seven episodes of Marco Polo. Right. So the roof of the world is the first of seven episodes for the Marco Polo story. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll have a, have a look. If you, if, you, if you send us a message, I'll, I'll just remind me and I'll have a look. And then we can do that yeah. for a few, like for the next classic one. So. Yeah, sure. So shall we get to our ratings for this story then? Yeah, yeah let's do it. In this podcast, we have designed our own rating system. It's basically like a one to five star. And each is a quote from Doctor Who. So one star would be... Mm, I don't like it. Uh, basically means you never want to watch it again. You wouldn't recommend it to any of your friends. And it was boring as hell. And the, the bad definitely outweighs the good. Two stars would be... Good grief. Not good and it's not terrible either. Uh, you could possibly skip this episode. Three stars would be... It's a pile of good things and bad things. It's basically just sort of average Doctor Who. 
Four stars would be brilliant. It's very, very good. Uh, you would watch it again and you would definitely recommend it to your friends. Five stars would be fantastic. You would definitely watch it again and it's something, it's one of the episodes you would go to watch straight away on a rewatch. And it's definitely in your top 10. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Right. Do you want to go first or shall I? You go first, mate. You go first. Right, kick up. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's a two-star. The story kind of doesn't make much sense. There's quite a lot going on, but not a lot of... Not makes sense, to be honest. Um... It kind of led to believe that the TARDIS is trying to help them, but it doesn't make much sense what they're trying to do to help you, because yeah. I mean, like, if you're lost, you know, if you're in danger and I'm just giving you random... If I'm melting a clock and you're in danger, and I'm like, here's a melting clock! Um, that doesn't really help me, pal, right? You need to kind of give me more to work on than that. Right? Um, no wonder it took them, like, fucking nearly fucking two episodes to figure out what the hell was going on. Um... It was a good. There's a good concept there that they could have used, which was like the alien possession sort of thing. Yeah. Which I thought was a missed opportunity. Um, I don't like the ending with the the stupid switch got stuck. Um, with the spring. Um, yeah. I think the acting was kind of some of it was all right. Uh, William Hartnell did all right. Uh, William Russell was all right. Jacqueline Hill did not too bad. I feel sorry for fucking um, oh, the, Caroline Ford who played Susan. I feel it's kind of her part and it's kind of let her down. Like I thought she could have done better. Uh, she had a better script. It might have helped her a bit more. She just screams at basically everything. And then yeah. she's trying to kill people for no apparent reason. Which makes no sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it kind of let her down in this one. Um. Yeah, I, I don't really watch this one that often. Like, I watched it maybe, like, once when I bought the DVD. Like, I bought the the beginning box set. Right. With, you know, it's got the Unearthly Child, the first three stories, so Unearthly Child with Alex in this one. Yeah. Uh, way back when. Back in, like, 2006 or something when it first came out. Um, And I watched them all. Uh, and usually out of the three, usually the Daleks, I usually watch the most. And then maybe on Unearthly Child, the first episode, I usually watch that. And then if I want to laugh, I'll just watch The Cavemen. So that's quite funny. Um, this one, I just, I, I kind of skip because it kind of bores the shit out of me. Um, yeah. And I was kind of putting it off for a really long time. And I only watched it today because I had to put it off for a really long time. And then I sat and watched it and I was like, yeah, this is why I don't watch this one. Um, what a. I know the guy only had two like two days to write this, so but what a wasted potential, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, my turn now. So yeah, again, like I would go with as well, to be fair. Um I would have went for I don't like it. Uh, one st- like one star, but I've chosen to two star, uh, due to the fact that there was a couple of nice moments in there. Um, uh, obviously between the doctor and Barbara, between Ian and the doctor, kind of coming to some 
some sort of agreement that they need to stop squabbling, you know, which I quite liked. Uh, the whole metal on the clock thing did not make sense. Didn't even explain that. It was like somebody put their their clock into a fucking microwave and went beep, you know. <laughs> yeah, good one. Obviously, they didn't have microwaves in the sixties, but you, you get you get my drift. Like they put them in the fucking oven or whatever on a barbecue, but. Hmm. Uh, so, like, when I saw that, like, as I said before, when I initially saw that, I thought, oh, right, something's going to go down sort of thing, but nothing came of it. Um, I do agree with you, uh, with Carla, uh, Caroline Ford, is that right? Caroline Ford. Yeah, um, who plays Susan. Uh, I do agree with you on that one. It, I did feel really sorry for her because all the way through this episode, I was like thinking, God, what? Are you doing? The thing is, she's such a she was such so young at this point as well. This could have been the making or breaking of her. And I don't know, like it just didn't like like other previous episodes. It did not show her acting talent at all, um, as well. Uh, a lot of it was over over dramatic. Like at one point when they they all collapsed to the ground, it was just like throwing themselves to the ground for whatever reason. You didn't see the explosion or whatever. So when that first opened up, you're like, why they all hit the deck? You know what I mean? Um, and obviously, when when Ian was trying to choke out the doctor, like one minute he's choking out the doctor, the next minute he's on the ground. I was like, all right, cover yourself, cover yourself up, mate, because I can see your bloody legs and your and your gentleman. You know, <laughs> <a little> <laughs> for some reason, he was in a dressing gown, just with boxer shorts on or something, or whatever he had on underneath. Um, which yeah, somehow we just ended up in. Eh? Had nothing about this as well. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, you're all um, hanging in, pal. <laughs> um, the bit of a breeze. <laughs> Swing low, sweet chariot. <laughs> but um, no, I don't know. It's just yeah, it wasn't a great episode. Uh, and yeah, the points I've just made about the positives is probably the only saving grace that I wasn't not giving it. I don't like it one star. I'm giving it a two star. And I think that's the saving grace for it. So yeah, it's kind of forgettable. Um, yeah. I, I really wish this one was just lost. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. But hey ho. Anyway, right, so our next episode, we are reviewing the two-parter from series one, The Aliens of London, World War Three, with the Ninth Doctor. Yay, with the Slovene. So I'm looking forward to that one. That's a good one. Uh, Sorry so, about that. <laughs> oh. And then, obviously, after that one, we'll, we'll get to Marco Polo, which will be an interesting one. But I uh, yeah. just 
all missing apart from the audio. Because um, thankfully, someone back in the sixties actually put a, you know, a recorder in front of the telly and it recorded the audio. Um, that's the only reason we've got the audio. So, right. nice so one. Thank you for whoever did that. Like Jesus, I bet they, I bet they got a pretty penny for that as well when they sold it. Probably, yeah. So they didn't just do them like the lost ones. They did like every single episode. Oh right. So, yeah, they probably did every single episode, so they only needed like the ones that were lost, thankfully. I wonder, um, I wonder what went through their mind when they did that. I wonder why they did that in the first place. Be quite in- like obviously they might be dead. Well, they probably will be dead by now, to be fair. But it'd be interesting to find out why. Unless it was a kid, then they would still be potentially still be alive. But um, but I would like to find out who who did that because like I'd be interesting to ask them like why did why did you suddenly start recording the audio you know um yeah I'd, I I'd like it, to I would imagine it's probably due to the fact that back in those days telly was only on once and then it was really ever never on ever again so it's probably because they wanted to record it and then listen to it back probably I would imagine yeah um. Yeah, because you know, there was no real repeat viewing in those days, so usually it was just once. You seen it once and it was gone. Mm. Uh, good, good, good sound way. If you ever end up in this, like um, end up back in time in the sixties and you want to make a bit of money in the future, this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the better way to do it is to go back into the BBC archives. In the sixties, uh, and try and nick them. <laughs> yeah. The ones that are lost before they get scrapped. You can just see all whole lot of time tra- traveling geeks and that, just like, just like holding these like the bloody film reels and that, running out, going, <laughs> uh, be like Indiana Jones with the boulder like running behind them. Just do a massive heist. If yeah. we ever learn how to time travel, that's what I'm bloody doing. I'm going back to the sixties and nicking all these Doctor Who's that are all not, <laughs> not here anymore. We're we going back and getting Marco Polo. We're we going back and getting like all the darts master plan. Like, you know, we're we going back and getting all that shit. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to hear all the conspiracy theorists now, but that's what happened to the last episode. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> uh, you never know. Uh, anyway, that was a good chat. <laughs> it was. It was a good old chin wag. Anywho, right. Yeah. So if you enjoyed our chat here today, you can probably follow us for some more episodes. Um, please definitely follow. Uh, follow us on our social medias as well. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can probably watch some of our videos on TikTok, YouTube. Uh, yeah. And we're obviously on quite a lot of different platforms as well. So we're on Spotify. Audible, which is quite recent. Probably, I think at this point you could probably catch us on any sort of podcast platform. Uh, I'm on I'm on the what's called YouTube Music, but I don't think I, I've never looked on on there if we were on there yet. So I might have a look at some point if we're on YouTube Music because they do podcast as well. But initially, 
whatever platform you listen off, I think we're on now. So, um, but yeah, yeah, because... I need to double check, but I we're mostly pretty much everywhere to be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, if you do want to get in contact with us, please do. We always love to hear from you. So if you want to contact us on our social media, you can. Or you can email us at adventuresintimeandspace63 at gmail.com. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, right. I think we've waffled on quite a lot tonight. And uh, yeah. catch you in the next one then. So thanks yeah. for listening, everyone. Hopefully, well, we know for a fact the next, like the next episode we're reviewing is going to be better. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, like with my rants, I'll be a bit more positive. So, well, yeah, um, farting aliens are probably a bit better. You know, some people have problems with the farting aliens. You know, the Slovene, and you know, I think yeah, I think a lot of it's to do it was a bit childish in that, but. You know, okay. know, but it kind of makes sense for the storyline. But we'll get there. We're like next episode. Yeah. Anywho's us, right? Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. I'll see you. See you later. Take care, everyone. Bye bye for now. Bye.